Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Based on a novel by William Landay, Defending Jacob tells the story of a family dealing with the accusation that their 14-year-old son may have committed murder. Defending Jacob is currently running on Apple TV as an eight-part miniseries. It stars Chris Evans, Michelle Dockery, Jaden Martell, Cherry Jones, Pablo Schreiber, Betty Gabriel, and Sakina Jeffrey. All of the episodes were directed by Morton Tildum, and we're joined today by the executive producer and creator of Defending Jacob, and that would be Mark Baumbach. Mark Baumbach, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me. It is such an involving, compelling uh, series, Defending Jacob. And it is a, it pulls you in little by little by little until you're completely immersed in the world of not only Jacob, but of his parents, of his family, and how that draws you even in, on an emotional level, drives you even more and more into. In fact, this is really, in my opinion, as much a family drama as it is kind of a procedural courtroom murder mystery case. Um, tell me a little bit if that is, I'm on the right track here, and, and the origin story for Defending Jacob. Yeah, you're certainly on the right track. In fact, uh, the, it's, it's functioning primarily as a family drama is what drew me into it. I had been sent the book, uh, and if I'm being totally frank, when I looked at the book cover and I looked at the title, I said, oh, I have a feeling this is going to be uh, something of a generic thriller. And when I started reading it, I discovered quickly that it was anything but. And, and I was really mostly excited about the possibility to write a drama encased in the, in the plot mechanisms of a thriller. Uh, other things I'd done... Um, most, uh, probably most, uh, particularly the Planet of the Apes movies were similar in that I got super excited to write uh, what ultimately was a sort of Shakespearean style drama, uh, but within the the trappings of sci-fi. Uh, so that's really what that was the genesis of it, and that's you were right dead on. That is exactly what I was hoping to accomplish. Yeah, and in your film work, you are able. Uh, very effectively, going back to you mentioned the Planet of the Apes films that you worked on, in polling people, in personalizing apes and their and the society and how we interact with with them, uh, personalizing it. It seems to be something that you feel and and do very well in your work. Well, looking through your film work, that's something that I, I it's a thread that I see in your work. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I you know. I think like a lot of screenwriters, uh, the thing that excites me most about storytelling is really character. And, you know, it's a bit of a cliche in Hollywood to say something is character driven. Um, everyone aspires to have character driven material, but um, it's a little harder than it would appear to maintain something as character driven throughout the whole process of a development of a film or, or a TV show. And so it's really been something I've worked very hard at is to put character front and center, uh, no matter what the genre that I'm working in. 
All right. And I think a key to that and what like what comes across in defending Jacob is it's not just relatable, but it also is visceral um, emotions into into the story. And I think that's where for me the characters take on take on that extra level of relatability. And um, I want to you let's go back to the sort of the 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 source for the film. The uh, it's based on a novel by William Landay. And um, how did it come to you? How did this become part of your um, of your project list? Anonymous content uh, who are producers of lots of things, uh, True Detective, Mr. Robot, and they also happen to be my management uh, company, uh, had been uh, getting a hold of the book and sent it to me thinking that I might want to adapt it as a film. It had been under option as a film at Warner Brothers and it didn't uh, make it to the finish line there. So the option had expired, the rights were available. They sent me the book and as I started reading it, I said, well, I just don't think this is the kind of story that becomes a movie at the multiplex anymore. I think 30 years ago it might have, but it's just not what, you know, big studios are making right now. And it didn't feel like the smaller indie version of this story would necessarily do it justice either. And so uh, I, while I was reading it, I said, well, maybe there's enough in, in this idea to sustain an eight hour experience along the lines of shows like True Detective, which I really admired and had been searching for something that I might be able to work on that, again, had that much meat on the bone. And uh, by the time I was done with the book, I immediately called them up and said, I have no interest in the film, but I would love to write. This is a limited series for you. How do we, how do we make that happen? And luckily, they quickly understood uh, its value in that way and, and uh, got behind me. And we brought Paramount Pictures, uh, the, their, their TV arm, uh, onto it as uh, financiers. And then eventually found its home at Apple as the network. Yeah. And this is uh, the first sort of wave of Apple produced projects. So. Yeah. When we, when we sold it to Apple, the platform didn't really exist yet. Uh, and while we were in production, uh, the first, very first wave of those shows came out. Um, but they are really still uh, in their relative infancy. And, uh, and so it's been very nice and uh, quite honestly, pretty exciting to be part of something that's still, you know, launching. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you feel the excitement over there when, when you work on things. It's funny you mentioned that the idea of this wouldn't be a wouldn't be a film that would do would fare well in theaters today. I was just so I was watching it. There was a film I think it was Harrison Ford, Presumed Innocent, mm-hmm. right? It's just kind of a long, it's sort of similar. It's a cousin of this kind of a story, right? Where I used to joke, I said 30 years ago, they would have cast Harrison Ford in this movie. Alan Pagula <laughs> would have directed it, yeah, it, it, um, it which yeah. is Presumed Innocent. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, I feel like if Presumed Innocent, the novel, came out now, it wouldn't even be a question. It would become right. a limited series. Right. Um, and, and in some ways, you could argue, well, that's that hurts movies, uh, but in other ways, it really does justice to these novels where there is a lot of story and a lot of character development that, you know, just a two hour experience can't ultimately uh, always do, do justice to. So it's, right. it's a nice time we're living in. Right. Well, let's uh, remind our listeners that we're speaking with Mark Baumbach. He is the executive producer and screenwriter for this wonderful series running on Apple TV called Defending Jacob. And let's get a little bit more into the core of the story. 
again, as we were talking about how the parents and Jacob and all of that tie into this tragic story of a boy who's killed, stabbed to death on his uh, way to school. And his father, Andy, is the assistant district attorney in this community. And you can take it from there if you want to, how much of the story you want to talk about. I'll leave that to your discretion. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it does follow this, uh, this couple, Andy and his wife, Lori, who are very prominent members of their community and uh, have on the surface what seems like a very functional uh, you know, family that others might envy or admire. And their son is ultimately implicated in this murder of one of his classmates. And uh, Andy's character, played by Chris Evans, finds himself on the other side of the courtroom. He's always been a prosecutor, and suddenly now he's worried about his son's defense. It's really about two parents having to solve this this crime, you know, trying to figure out really what happened right. at the same time dreading one of the possible outcomes, you know. Right. There are some moments in the film, in the series, later on where uh, you are standing in in their shoes. Literally, you feel literally like you were standing there as if this is a reality that how would how would you deal with something as incredibly crushing as as the prospect that your own son may have committed a murder. But the film, what I what I like about it, I keep calling it a film because it that's what it feels like. It's very it, it cinematic. It does feel like a film. You wouldn't be real alone in making that mistake. And oftentimes, when working on it. I would call it the movie or the film, uh, partly because it's the kind of work I normally do. But really, in many ways, it is an eight-hour film. Uh, it's yeah. certainly, if you would look at the macro structure, uh, once it, it's it's not done re- being released yet, they air it week to week. But when it's all done and you binge it, if one was to binge it, uh, I think you would find that it does sort of function structurally like a film. You could s- determine what the act breaks are if you were to sort of uh, diagram yeah. it. Uh, well, well, one thing it does is it does very little of recapping the episode before. In fact, I really don't sit, see it doing any of that. So yeah, that, I mean, that took, a little bit was a little bit of previously on just to remind you of things you might have forgotten. Uh, he, but yeah, yeah but it, that's why it feels like a film. It, yeah, it's it, not it, meant to be. It's 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 not meant to be the kind of thing that you could step into on episode three and just sort of assume you'll understand what's going on. It's. It's meant to be watched from start to finish. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's compelling, as I said earlier, and it just one of the things, one of the true strengths of this is the uh, the cast of people that are involved. Chris Evans plays Andy Barber. Michelle Dockery plays Laurie Barber. Jaden Martell, who I had missed when it came out, but I saw Midnight Special recently. And boy, is he good. And okay. he's really good as Jacob in this film. I mean, they're all great, but I, I just... There's a lot of things he has to do in that character's role that either will or will not feed into a particular narrative. And he does, he's, he's terrific in that, in that role. Just running down the cast, a couple more people. I thought Cherry Jones as the uh, lawyer who's defending uh, Jacob, Pablo Schreiber, Betty Grable, who we remember from uh, Get Out, who was, what a remarkable transformation in terms of her character from one to the other. Amazing stuff there. And Sakina, Sakina Jeffrey also, they're all great. Um, if you want to comment on any of these particular performances. I could, I could do an entire hour on each person. I mean, we got really lucky. 
almost to an actor. These were our first choices for a lot of these roles. Um, uh, I, I should probably circle back to Jaden, who is uh, really indispensable. I mean, we saw a lot of young people try out for this part, and the, and Jaden had tried out on tape. And the minute we watched his audition, we just knew we were done with the hunt. He was just uh, perfect. Really, when you think about how much of a burden his his performance has, uh, because really the entire show revolves around you're trying to decipher his innocence or guilt, and he's so masterful at being enigmatic that way and being sweet in one scene and being a bit dark in another. And uh, both of them feel completely plausible within this character he's created. And Sherry Jones obviously is a legend and we all uh, were just astonished that she, she said yes. And Betty uh, Gabriel is brilliant and I only wish there was a larger role that I could have written for her. She, I, I would work with her on everything if I could. Um, Sakina Jaffrey likewise is just fantastic. Um, Pablo's great too. I mean, I can just tell yeah. you, everybody has very difficult roles. I mean, Pablo had an enormous amount of, you'll see as the show progresses, he had an enormous amount of work to do in the seventh episode and uh, in a short amount of shooting time. And he was just such a pro, amazing to watch. And uh, uh, also Purna uh, Jagannathan, who is the, um, the, the biological psychiatrist that Jacob worked right. with. Right. Uh, brilliant actress who, who was in the night of. And uh, really, everybody in the cast, uh, and I, you know, I also feel we got very fortunate. They all happen to be incredibly lovely people. It's, you know, the, the schedule for these things is really intense. I mean, we shot for 113 days, I think. It's a lot of work wow. for everybody. And yeah. you really, you wouldn't know it to be on set. People just were very, very respectful of each other, respectful of the crew. Uh, we shot everything in Boston, in the Boston area. And uh, really just the, the bonding that took place made all the work worth it. It's the thing I miss most about working on the show. Well, can I just comment quickly on uh, Pablo Schreiber in that he, he has to sort of uh, navigate the friend and foe relationship that he has with Andy. Yep. There's, and and, it's, and there, there's something um, very careerist about the way he goes after Andy. And then there's, a, and it, there's just a lot of things going on. But often he's right, so it's hard to argue with him exactly in his character. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. He's a very, very smart person and a smart storyteller on top of being a smart actor. And he uh, sort of zoned in on that fact immediately and, you know, very smartly uh, pointed out that, you know, nobody is the villain in their own head. And so it gave him a lot to work with, knowing that in many of these instances, he's actually on the side of right. Um, he has an abrasive personality, the character, and I right. think Pablo's really good at communicating that, um, but making you not hate him, just being, again, a lot, as you said earlier, what I aim to do a lot is give you a very subjective experience and really try to think of each scene or each sequence as from someone's point of view. Right. A lot of times that is Andy's point of view, and what Pablo's so great at is is really making you not perceive him as simply the enemy, but uh, a sort of, in some ways, a dark cousin to Andy's character and someone who has just as much skill now as Andy has. And we learn later in the story uh, was something of a protege of Andy's. And so um, it's Pablo is just great at that. Yeah. And I, 
I, I mean, Chris Evans and Michelle Dockery are just absolutely terrific. In the very first few episodes of uh, Defending Jacob, I feel like Chris was the the dominant kind of personality in in this because it's on his turf, right? We're we're trying to determine what happened. This kid was murdered. There's a lot of that back and forth. But like her character, who is a runner, I'll, I'll presume for my for the purposes of my. Uh, my analysis a long distance runner michelle over the course of this really becomes the personality that we want to know exactly how she feels and what's going through her mind so i I mean i'm so glad you pointed that out because that's exactly right i mean when i so michelle was also the very first person we we went out to and um because morton tildum and i were both just huge fans of her work in godless and uh and of course downton abbey and um she never really played a part like this. And when I sent her the scripts, I said, please don't turn off from the pilot. Like, I know you're going to read the pilot and think I'm a certain type of character, but the whole journey of this story is actually your journey. You are the audience in many ways. Your search for the truth is our search for the truth. And her sort of fracturing, her psyche fracturing over the course of the story is really the thing you're supposed to be most scared of. And there's no way to overstate just how incredibly gifted she is at conveying that. She's so subtle. You know, when you work on these kind of things, you spend a lot of time editing. And every one of the hardest things to do is to figure out which take of Michelle's to use because she gives you such great stuff in every take. Yeah. And there's always these tiny little nuances uh, that convey so much. She's just yeah. ridiculously gifted. Yeah, and I, I really think it's important for people who are listening to our conversation to understand that over the course of Defending Jacob, you will realize just how remarkable her performance is and how it's, it, it, by the end of it, it's, it's everything. And, and even in the, story, in the telling of the story as we get to the, near the end, uh, things happen uh, to, uh, to Lori that... Uh, you need yes. You you will you will yeah, <laughs> it's yes. hard to talk about the show without spoiling the second Yeah. Episode. Yeah. But, so know, like we just released episode four, so I feel like a little bit okay talking about episode four. And I feel like that's the first episode where you really see um her really starting to uh, to to suffer a lot. Oh. And um and episode five, which releases tomorrow, is a lot more of that. Oh well it's a terrific terrific experience cinematically uh, as well as just from an emotional and storytelling level. Uh, I would, I'd love to talk to you about the look of it. There's so many other things, great cinematography. There's just in terms of the technical side of it, the pace, it just, it just really kind of finds its, uh, finds its way if very effective in, in the way that you were telling the story. And that's, yes. yeah, Morton Tilden does a terrific job and that relationship with you uh, that had to be key. So, but that's for another conversation. I, I really appreciate your time today, Mark Bombach, uh, for spending some time here talking about Defending Jacob and this a wonderful series with an amazing cast of people. And I thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.